Good evening. Hello. Are you okay? Yeah, great. So humor me. Please stand up if you're able to. So it's the morning and you've just got out of bed and you're about to get dressed. What do you do first? Just act it out now. What do you do first? Let's see. Who does what? You've just got out of bed. Yeah, we've got socks on first. Pants, oh good. Okay, we've got pants. Um, I'm just looking at Hills and, Hills and Tim clearly don't get dressed. They're just, they're just standing there in the whatever. Um, okay, okay, so, so um, uh, let's see. Uh, have we got, who, who are, who are pants, uh, don't worry if you're at home online, you can join in. Um, who, who are pants first people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we got any socks first people? Oh, we've got, we got some socks first. Don't look, don't look. You don't want that image in your mind. Um, any, any shirt first, people? Any, any kind of put a shirt on first? Oh, you've got a few shirt on first. Yeah, anything else that I haven't talked about would you put on first if you're getting dressed? Deodorant. Matthew is always clothed with deodorant. Grab a seat, grab a seat. So, um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder. Um, have a look at what you're wearing now. Have a look at what you're wearing now. Just check out what you're wearing. What were you thinking? I wonder, I wonder, um, have you been caught out by uh, the biblical proportion uh, kind of rain that there's been over the, over the last little kind of while? Um, so here's just an image that I've got. Uh, yeah. Anyone been caught out by a sudden downpour? Yeah, a few, a few of us. Anyone been caught out several times by several downpours? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? Um, The good news is, the really good news is that the hosepipe ban has now finished. Did you did you notice that? I loved I loved that. I mean, it did does say something, doesn't it, about how um, how bad the drought was and how the sort of underground aquifers needed to needed to be filled filled up. Um, Just extraordinary, wasn't it? We're in this series on Ephesians, Ephesians for everyone, and uh, quite a few of you have been here and you've joined in with the series with us for a while, um, but may, maybe you're new tonight and you're just coming for the, coming for the first time. Um, we're right at the end, so if you just come for the first time, well done, um, you've just, you know, where were you? Um, we're, we're, we're right at the end of this letter that Paul, um, who was one of Jesus' followers, um, you may know that he was one of Jesus' followers who experienced the most amazing transformation. He was actually the chief um, persecutor of the Christians, of those who followed Jesus first. He was their chief persecutor. And he had an amazing encounter with Jesus um, on, a road to, on the road to Damascus, the city of Damascus. And he met Jesus and he was transformed. Many of us will know, but maybe you don't. He was transformed from the chief persecutor into the chief cheerleader for, for Jesus and the way of Jesus. And lots of our Bible, lots of the second part of our Bible, many of us know. And he wrote this letter um, to some people um, in, in Ephesus. Um, and it's a letter that, if you remember, if you've journeyed with us a bit, I was saying on the first week, it's a letter that's one of his later letters. Quite, a lot, quite often the letters that Paul was writing, he was answering specific questions that people were putting to him. That's why they're the bits of the Bible, actually, the New Testament, that are the earliest that we 
we've got, you know, from when they were, they were written. They were written before the gospel accounts, the, the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. These were the letters that were written. But this letter, Ephesians, was written a little bit later, and it's a kind of summing up letter. Maybe you remember back to week one of this series. And what Paul is doing is he's taking some really important, significant truths about who God is and truths about about who we are and truths about what it means to be a follower and he's taking them and he's, he's already shared them in some of his other letters and he's bringing them together and he's he's just expanding on them and he's he's talking about the 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 real um kind of implications of them the the fullness of of what he's wanting people who want to follow the way of Jesus need to, need to know and right at the very end, is, which is where we are, if you've got a Bible and you want to switch it on or you want to open it up and there are, there are others around and Marion, the amazing Marion, is going to grab a couple of them and just sort of wander around host team just if anyone needs a Bible. We're right at the very, very end, chapter 6 and, and verse 10 of, of chapter 6. And the clue to the fact that it's near the end um, is, is one that there's only half a page of text in my Bible. The other is the word finally. Now, can you just, just imagine, here you are, Paul actually was writing in prison. He's, he's been in prison writing this letter and he's put together all these amazing thoughts. We're going to remind ourselves about some of them. And these are his last words. This is, this is the thing that he wants us to most grab hold of in the, the way um, of writing in the time of, time of Jesus in, in, in that world, the Near East world. Um, when you were writing a letter, you put your first thought at the beginning of the letter and then you repeated your most important thoughts at the end. So he says, finally. And the summary of what he says is... Wear the right clothes. Maybe you've heard someone say, um, there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just unsuitable clothing. So if you'd been caught in that deluge and you had got your sou'westers on, you'd got your full waterproofs on, your wellies on and all of that, you might have had a very different attitude to being caught in, in the downpour. Or, or maybe the other way around, you've been somewhere and you've, you know, going for an interview or something like that and you looked at the weather forecast before and it, it was going to be cold and so you put on the full, you know, whatever you put on. In my day, I'm old enough, I used to put a suit on. And, and you, 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 you put it on um, and it turned out to be baking hot. And you really wish you'd been in flip-flops, shorts, whatever. You were wearing the wrong clothes. And Paul, as his last thought to us, down the centuries, as it has, it has been, is, are you wearing the right clothes? Because there's a battle on. There's a battle on. And it's, it's a battle for every single one of us, every single person, everyone watching online, every single one of us. Now, now some of you know about this battle. Some of you have kind of um, heard about this battle. Some of you are aware of this battle. 
Quite seriously, you might have read some of the Narnia kind of books. You may have had a writer, C.S. Lewis, who's talked to you, you know, who's actually helped you understand the, the nature of the battle. You know, Aslan the lion against the, the white witch, good against evil. There's a battle on. And it's a battle on for everyone. It, it is possible to try and ignore this battle. It, it, it's completely possible to kind of say, well, I'm not going to take this seriously. But I really have to tell you, every single one of you, that you are caught up in this battle, whether you like it or not. Just by being a human being, by living and breathing and being a person in time, you are caught up in this battle. And you may be wearing flip-flops when you really, really need to be wearing wellies. You, you may be wearing a, you know, you may be wearing a full-on Parker coat when really you need a t-shirt. And, and if you're wearing the wrong clothes, then you're going to get really impacted from this battle. You see, you see here's, the, here's the deal. That, that Paul, summing up lots of things that he's already been talking about and the Bible has been talking about, when he gets to Ephesians, it's really the first time that he fully says, he fully says, look friends, I, I, you know, I love you, Jesus loves you, I want the best for you, I want you to understand, I really want you to have your eyes open to the reality, the full picture, the full implications of the spiritual battle that, that there is. I, I don't know to what degree I have to even convince you that, that there is such a thing as a spiritual battle. I mean, actually, I find that lots of people, even if they wouldn't describe themselves as followers of Jesus, are aware of a spiritual dynamic to, to, to life. They're conscious. You, you know, you're conscious that evil... Uh, has an impact. You're, you're conscious. Sometimes I describe it like this. I mean, I, I, um, I think the race week here in, in Cheltenham is probably really great and stuff like that, but I don't go into the centre of the town in race week at, at night. I wouldn't go at one, two in the morning because I, I think it's possible that I might get affected by some kind of manifestation of evil. Now, it's completely possible that that wouldn't happen. It's completely possible because I'm a kind of, you know, nice-looking 59-year-old um, that I, I might be able to walk through the whole of the centre of Cheltenham at three in the morning and not a single thing would happen to me other than, you know, some very drunk, very nice people from around the country putting their arm around me and singing sea shanties. But because... Because I know that stuff happens, I don't go into the centre of Cheltenham. So this thing, this, this thing of, of stuff which we would all agree is horrible and nasty, it pollutes. It, it pollutes. And it has an impact that is more than just the individual rubbish. Maybe you're here tonight and 
you know the reality of this. You know how some actions somewhere or some things somewhere have caused incredible injustice to you, have caused pain to you. But, but maybe you haven't ever thought about the truth that if God is the ground of all that is good, God is the source, God is the ground, God is the foundation, God is the, the inspiration for everything that is good, then the devil is actually behind everything that is the opposite, everything that is contrary. Now, don't worry. We're really not going to have to get worried and scared about anything tonight because we've got such good news. We, we have got such good news to share. But, but I want you just to realise, if you've never thought about it before, that those, those arguments you have with other people, actually, if you trace back at roots, they're rooted in the devil. I'm, I'm not saying that there's kind of the devil in every single immediate, in-your-face kind of situation. I'm not saying that. But the root is back there. So you blame the person that you work with because they smell and they're not nice. And you think that's the problem. It's not really the problem. What you see in front of you is not really the problem. It's what you can't see that's behind it and underneath it that is the problem. The battle is on. You're having challenge in your marriage and you'll have a part to play if there's challenge in your marriage and problems because we can collude with evil. We can, we can join in with evil. We can be used in that kind of way. But at the root of it, the problem you've got to deal with is the evil that underlies it. Addictions. Yes, you're part of the story but you're only part of the story. You see, one of the ways that the devil works, because the devil is into deception, the devil is into distraction, the devil is into deceit, is to make us think that the physical thing in front of us, that's the problem. If I focus on this physical thing, that's the stuff. The thing I can see, if I could just deal with that, if I could just get rid of that, if I could just sort that out, then that would solve everything. And that's not the truth. Because the battle is on and the Bible tells us that the battle is in the spiritual realm. It's the unseen stuff. Have you ever thought why little things can have such a big impact. Why could little things have such power? It's because the battle is on. And can I tell you again that every single one of us is caught up in this whether we like it or not. And Paul's question, finally, is are you wearing the right clothes for the weather? 
C.S. Lewis, who wrote those Narnia books, that fantasy uh, illustration of these great truths about the battle between good and evil and how, how evil impacts on the whole world. It's winter, Christmas isn't coming. He also said this, he said about, about the devil and about demons and about evil, he said there's two dangers. One is to disbelieve in existence, in their existence. The other is, though, to believe and feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So, friends, tonight, as we get to this finally bit that Paul writes, we've got to do two things. One is, is, is be real about the battle, but without giving evil and the evil one more airtime than is necessary. A few things that we need to just quickly say before we read the bit and just go through it together. As a follower of Jesus, Christians, we don't believe in what might be called dualism. We don't believe that God and the devil are equal. So we don't believe that the devil is omnipotent or powerful. We don't believe that the devil is omnipresent everywhere like God is. And we don't believe that the devil knows our thoughts. The devil is limited. But evil, the devil, does have power here on earth. As we're going to read, the devil is really good at predicting human behaviour. I now know that Jamie will be putting his pants on first tomorrow morning even though I don't know his thoughts. Have you ever wondered why that temptation just seems to pop up at the, in inverted commas, perfect moment? <laughs> Have you ever wondered why when you're just wondering about something, there, ah, oh, why does it, ah? Oh. The devil is really good on human nature. But the devil, evil, is not in your head does not know what you're thinking, is not everywhere, is not equally powerful with God. Because here's what, again, Paul wrote. Let's put it up on the screen. He said, for I am convinced. You ever heard this read at a funeral? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The victory is won. But as we're going to see, the devil has schemes. The devil is cunning. Evil distracts. Evil deceives. Evil deflects. Evil doesn't take away our salvation. It doesn't stop us from receiving what Jesus, but it stops us living the life that Jesus wants to give us. Evil can limit, evil can restrict, evil can steal away, evil, evil can mean that you're playing in the Ryman League Division 2 when you should be in the Premiership. Evil can stop you fulfilling your potential. Verse 
evil can stop you being fully the person here on earth that God has called you to be. And that means that you won't live the life that God's called you to be. That means that you won't be able to serve others in the way that God wants you to serve. That means that you won't be able to experience joyfully, that peacefully, all of the good things that God wants to give you. It's okay. God has given us the clothes to wear that deal with all of that. Let's read. Let's read what Paul says. Finally, he says, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what have you noticed already? Whose mighty power? Just turn to someone and say it. It's his power. Good. Put on part of the armour when you feel like it. Is that what it says? No? What does it say? Put on the... Great. What do you mean? What do you think he means? Full? Everything? Yeah. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand firm, then... With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me. And then it carries on. An amazing woman preacher, Priscilla Shira, um, said, Isn't it sad that the devil can know more about our potential and our power than we do. Isn't it sad if that's true? So if you're here tonight and that's a little bit of a truth for you, just hear those, hear those words. And do you notice that, that Paul actually says, put on and take up. Some translations use put on twice and they're, they're wrong because the Greek word is different from the ones that he says. So there's a, there's a put on which is kind of getting the team kit. Do you remember Hills' talk a few weeks ago? Um, another talk. So put on the team kit and take up. Do you also notice, although it's called the armour of God, and we're going to say, of course, that there's only one directly offensive weapon there, the, the, the sword. Actually, there's a real sense of being on the front foot. So again, as I've talked about this battle, and if I've just sort of kind of made you go, what, what, you know, what on earth are we going to talk about? Have you noticed the good news that there is active, not just passive in this? 
So there's protection in the clothing that God has given to all of us. And finally, finally, Paul wants you to know, in the light of everything he said in the letter, get it on, put it on, but also take up. Because we're on, the, we're on the front foot. Friends, we're in a battle and we're in a battle because this is purpose. This is good. This is stuff that we want to bring. Do you want to bring truth to the world? Do you want to bring love to your family? Do you want to bring light where there's darkness? Do you want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem? Do you want to live for something? Do you want to share the good news of Jesus? Do you want to be full of life? Do you want to be living in colour HD? Put on. Put on the full armour of God. And it is the full armour of God. It's not part of the armour. So when we go through it just quickly in a moment, just make sure you've clocked that. Is there any bit of this armour that Paul describes that you're not wearing or you haven't taken up? You need it all. And you need to be wearing it in advance. Did you notice that? You know, it's not when something happens, then put on. You need to be in the team kit. You need to have this stuff in your hands right now. You need to have it when you get home tonight. You need to be wearing it tomorrow morning. You need to have it all on, the full armour of God. Now, now, sometimes people have made a lot of the order in which Paul describes it. Um, sometimes people have tried to say it's the progression of, of thought in the different elements. One, one commentator, John Piper, notices that Paul uses this imagery of soldiers and armors in other letters and he attaches different qualities to different pieces of the armour. So we've got to just be careful that we don't sort of read too much into it. We take the, the big picture. But, but it won't surprise you that what Paul's thinking about is a Roman soldier and the kind of kit that a Roman soldier would, would wear. And he's, he's got this first set of three, which I said, put on this clothing, the team kit. So he says, buckle up with truth. Buckle up with truth. And that, and that was around your centre. This was the kind of, you know, the jockstrap of truth. This is a kind of belt that covered your sensitive bits. And everything else hung on it. We'll come back to that. A breastplate of righteousness. You've probably got the image there. And that's over your heart, isn't it? That's over your, your core organs. Physically, it's over your central organs. Spiritually, it's over your heart, the center of your being, your life blood, literally. And then he says, walk in the shoes of the gospel of peace. And, and this really means walk with agile shoes. I mean, if you're watching the World Cup, do you expect the team to come on wearing wellies? No. What do they come on? They come on wearing football boots, which have studs or blades. See, look at me. I know about blades. And those shoes can do two things, can't they? Did you notice there's two things which might seem contradictory? Because Paul says, wear shoes that are going to allow you to move really quickly, you know, shod your feet. Be nimble, but also be able to, what was the word he repeated several times? Stand. So that might help you. Then the second three, which were the take-up things. Here's just a quick reminder. We picked them out. The shield of faith. So Roman, you know, Roman centurions had a shield possibly made out of metal covered in wet leather. 
So when we get to the extinguishing the arrows, the flaming arrows, that might help us. And the sword, the sword of the word of God. So let's just quickly, here we go. Are you wearing all of the team kit that, that God wants you to have, that he's gifting to you and that you need for the battle that is on for you and for others? Here we go. You ready? First one. Have you got truth right around your centre at your core? Do you remember Paul talking about our identity in Christ? The truth is that we are adopted by God into his family. We are redeemed by what Jesus has done on the cross. That's the truth. Every single one of us is adopted by God as a daughter, as a son. That's the truth. There's no one here who's not good enough. There's no one here who's not special enough. There's no one here who can earn from God any more than God has already given you. Jesus died on the cross for you. That has dealt with everything that could be wrong in your life, has been wrong and could be wrong in the future. He's already died for you. He's already set you free. He's already won the victory. That's the truth. The devil will try and steal that away from you. The devil will try and take away from you your core identity. The devil will get a thousand people or whatever number is following you on Instagram and you'll start to dance to that tune. You'll start to stick photos up of you having a really great time all the time. And it'll be an illusion. You know this better than I know this. The devil will distract you with celebrity or power or money, anything to just kind of try and take you off track. But the core truth of who you are is a loved, a beloved child of God. That's the belt. That's what everything else hangs on. If you're here tonight and you don't know that, if you don't know that Jesus Christ, God himself, came down, died on the cross for you, and that has removed all barriers between you and God and everyone else, please hear the truth. Buckle up with the truth, for the battle is on. And this is a truth that the world needs because none of this stuff is just for us. Your friends tomorrow, the people you work with, the people you're at school with or at college with, they need to hear this. That girl who is weighed down by anxiety or that, that person who's abused by other people, they need this truth. The poor need this truth. It's not just for us. The breastplate of righteousness over our hearts. Over, so when Paul talks about this, he's basically talking about righteousness. He's not talking about there's two kinds of righteousness described in the Bible. There's the righteousness that is given to us by God through Jesus, through what Jesus did. We're made right with God. But there's a righteousness which is a right living that we're called to. And this is a bit of the armour. And this is where Paul, do you remember when he was focusing on holiness? 
called to holy, holy lives and called to maturity. Do you remember when we did that talk about how growing old is mandatory, but growing up is optional? Do you remember that? So this is what I mean. You can get taken out the battle. You can sit with the wrong armor on. You can sit in flip-flops when you need to be in wellies. But if you want to grow up, then right living. And that, yeah, that means what we look at on TV. That means how we use our money. It's all of the things that Paul's been talking about in this letter. It's about forgiveness. Paul talks a lot about that, doesn't he? About right living. If you hold on to unforgiveness... If you hold a grudge against somebody else, it will impact on you. It will impact on the other person as well, but it will impact on you. And Christian forgiveness is not letting anyone off the hook. Christian forgiveness is saying they did something wrong, I give them to you, God. I release them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to try and love them as much as I can. But I refuse anymore to be on their hook. That's something to put over your heart. For instance, your heart is someone else squeezing your heart. Don't let them. You don't need to let them. Paul's, sorry, God has given us a breastplate, righteousness, right living, the way of Jesus. Those shoes, I've already mentioned them. Are you wearing the right shoes? Are you wearing the kind of shoes that Paul's talking about? Peace in a war, that might sound a bit odd. Well, he's talking about the peace that we receive from God when we know that we are loved and forgiven by God. And then that's the peace of the gospel, the good news that we share with others. And it's, you've got to do a stand firm and you've got to be able to move quick. Got to stand firm in this truth, this gospel, this good news, this peace. And you've got to also enjoy the joy of sharing it with others. None of this armour is just really for us. We're on God's team because God's got a world that he wants to reach with good news. Do you know anywhere where there's darkness and you need to be light in that darkness? Advent theme. That's been Paul's focus throughout the letter, hasn't it? On sharing the good news with others. You're wearing that kit. Have you got it all? And then what does he say to take up? What does he say to take up? He says, take up your faith shield. Take up your faith shield shield. This is the way, the only way to counter the rubbish that the devil tries and throws at us, that the world tries and, and, and throws at us. Things, again, we're saved by faith. We're not saved because of how popular we are or even how good we are. The devil will call that into question. The devil will say, oh yeah, but you know that little thing that you did, you know, I bet if God knew, if God knew, if Andrew knew, if anyone else knew, It's rubbish, it's a deceit, it's a lie, it's not true. Hold the shield up. How valuable are you? You know, here comes the arrow burning from the devil. You're not as popular as they are. They don't like you at work as much as they like them. Who are you? You're a daughter, a daughter of the Most High Jesus, God. You're a son. 
You're a son of God. You're adopted. Some of you are really, really lonely. And I'm sorry that sometimes as church we kind of don't find absolutely the way to do it. You're adopted. You're not alone. You're single and you're wondering if the answer might be a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It, it could be part of it, but it isn't the answer. You're loved by God. And if anything tries to throw anything at you different to that, hold the shield up. No. I know who I am. I'm a princess. That's not me, by the way. Guys, have you, have you been holding that shield up? If I'd had different parents, it'd be different. No. If I had a different job, it'd be different. No. If I had more money, no. If I was good looking as Andrew, no. I am. Hold that shield up. Can I tell you the devil is hating this at the moment? He's hating you hearing the truth. I don't believe, by the way, in the devil under every, don't worry, don't worry. Tonight I'm giving him a little bit, you know, a couple of name checks. I rarely do. The victory is won. But hold that faith shield up. Paul's been talking to us about it, about money, about sex, about power. Ephesus was just like actually our society and culture. Don't let the deceit of the devil that the Bible can't speak into human nature and can't speak into our context land with you. Hold that shield up. It's not true. And it's sealed. Do you remember the, the chapter one of Ephesians? I'm going off on the one I know a little bit. I'm, I'm just excited for you guys. Do you remember in chapter one, it's sealed by the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight and you've never really let yourself be filled by the Holy Spirit, the pilot light is on, but you've not turned up the heat. Do, because it, all of this, Ephesians chapter one, is sealed by the Holy Spirit, by God in us. Helmet. What's the helmet about? Well, it's, it's, it's a mindset, isn't it? You put the helmet on your head, over your brain. It protects you from headshots. Headshot would take you out. Maybe a heart shot will take you out, but a headshot would take out a soldier, wouldn't it? So you put on, says Paul, a salvation mindset. You begin to think like Jesus wants you to think. And salvation, Paul through Ephesians has been saying, it's about the past, it deals with the past, it's here in the present, and it's our certainty of future. Salvation has a, that mindset of Jesus is what we want, don't we? It's past event, present reality, future security. I have been saved from sin. One day I will be in a place where there is no sin. I'm currently being saved from the power of sin. Do you know that to be true for you? Please put on that mindset, says Paul. And it's not just a kind of thought world, it's action. Faith is what we do. Are you growing up? Are you maturing? Are you putting on this piece of armour? There's a world out there that needs to hear a message of salvation and he wants you to be part of the sharing of the good news. 
But you put on that mindset, you put on a Jesus mindset, what's the first thing to go? Pride. Put on a Jesus mindset, you're going to get on your knees, aren't you, pretty quickly. Put on a Jesus mindset, you're going to get the bowl of water and a towel out and you're going to start washing some feet of some people who you really don't want to wash their feet. You're going to go to that enemy and you're going to say, can I wash your feet? You're going to swallow your pride in the power of God. You're going to forgive again. That's a pretty big one, isn't it? With a, with a, a salvation mindset. You're going to learn. You're going to want to mature. You're going to read your Bible. You're going to, you are going to want to grow up. Because the battle's on. Anyone here not taking this bit on? Anyone not picked this up yet? Anyone here walking around and your head is exposed? You watch all the crap on TV without any filter. You're exposing your, you're exposing your mind to rubbish. You, you read other people's words and opinions about you more than you read God's word about you. You're just, you're just walking around with your head exposed to headshots. You're more bothered about what your friends would say to you about right living than you're bothered about what God says to you about right living. Well, you're just walking around with your head exposed. You don't have to. And the last one, of course, which I've already said, God's word sword is the offensive one, it is the attacking one. But actually, you know, that faith shield, some of the other things I've talked about, they're not passive. And of course, what's interesting is you need this one for all of the others because you only know about truth. You only know about right living. You only know about the gospel of peace. You only know about the shield of faith. You only know about salvation through the word of God. God's word, this cuts through rubbish. This, this, this cuts through sin. This cuts through social media world. This cuts through what anyone might try and stick on you. This cuts through how people would want to limit you. This cuts through distraction. This cuts through deceit. This cuts through the devil's schemes. Friends, are you wearing the right clothes for this battle? How? It's the last verses that we just shared. Paul says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray. God does this work. God equips us. God puts the armour on us. If we ask him, we ask the Holy Spirit to come tonight. Do you need to say, Holy Spirit, I need that salvation mindset. And just imagine putting that on over your brain. Do you need to buckle up with the belt of truth? Do you need shoes of the gospel of peace? What, what do you need? Pray. Prayer is how we access heaven's power. And we do it for all God's people. Paul said, for all God's people. We're in it together. Because finally, he says, and for me. 
Paul, who's an ambassador of Jesus Christ. What, what higher calling could there be to be a representative ambassador for Jesus Christ? He's in prison because he's had the courage to proclaim. And he says, would you keep praying for me? I need more courage. Is there any woman or any man here who feels that their faith is greater than Paul's at the moment? <laughs> Paul said, pray for me. So I don't care if you've been on this journey for a very, very long time or you're just starting, just like me. We need each other to be praying for each other, for God to come and equip us. For God to do that Marvel movie kind of thing, you know, when he presses the button and all the armor goes, press the God button, get equipped. Paul, my final thing to remind you, what I love in the, in the letter of Ephesians and I love in other letters, is when Paul said, there's this and 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 there's this, but God. But God. There isn't a single thing that anyone in this building or online is struggling with or challenged by or can't understand that can't be solved through asking God. Whatever you want to say first, dot, 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 but God. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. That's what Jesus told his followers to do. There's nothing. There's nothing that isn't dealt with by but God.